Welcome to Archaeology Southeast Digs Deeper, an archaeology podcast taking you to the heart of development-led archaeology in the UK. Archaeology Southeast, or ASC, is the commercial branch of UCL's Institute of Archaeology. We excavate, record and analyse archaeological material from southern and eastern England and further afield. Each episode welcomes members of our archaeological team to discuss a particular discovery, site or specialism, giving you a unique insight into our exciting work. I'll be talking to field archaeologists about their day-to-day role on the forefront of our archaeological discoveries, seeing sites and objects for the first time in hundreds if not thousands of years. I'll also be talking to our fine specialists back in the lab, who analyse the archaeological material from our investigations, including pottery, flint, bones, seeds, coins, and once-in-a-lifetime finds like swords. Plus, you'll get to meet members of our geoarchaeology and environmental archaeology teams, who reconstruct past landscapes and climate change, and investigate the presence of early human species in Britain. I'm Dr Emily Johnson. I'm an animal bone specialist and archaeology enthusiast. I'll be your host for this exciting journey through the world of UCL's Archaeology Southeast. For our first ever episode, we're talking about the Red Lion, a new discovery that could include the remains of the earliest purpose-built playhouse in London. I'm here with Stephen White, who is the lead archaeologist on the site. Steve, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, hi there, my name is Steve White. I am an archaeologist at ASE, Archaeology Southeast. Uh, I've worked for ASE for ooh, uh, six years now, I think, and I've worked in archaeology in the UK uh, for about 14 years, the last uh, 13 being in and around London. Great. Okay, cool. So we're going to get straight down to it and talk to the talk about the Red Lion Playhouse. So what is the Red Lion Playhouse and why is it so important? Uh, well, it's an interesting question. So up until the 1980s, no one really knew about the Red Lion. It was only discovered through uh, uh, Janet Lowengard's research into the Red Lion, or into like, historic documents relating to playhouses and stuff. Mm. And what they realised is actually the... A, person named John Brain uh, had a lawsuit with some carpenters, as you do, uh, and it was about the construction of a playhouse at this place called the Red Lion in 1567. Now that's interesting because that's about nine years be- uh, before the the theatre was built, which is widely uh, established as the first Elizabethan uh, right, okay. theatre playhouse. So this is like a proto-theatre? Yeah, Almost. what makes it really, really interesting is that John Brain, the gentleman I just named, actually was the he's the brother-in-law of a, a chap called uh, Burbage, and Burbage was the person who built the theatre in partnership with John Brain. Uh, okay. So you could look at this as perhaps being like their first venture together into building playhouses, and indeed like a prototype of well, you know, what works, what doesn't work, mm-hmm. um, and things like that. Um, it's interesting because. This theatre is very, oh, I shouldn't call it a theatre, let me rephrase that, it's a playhouse. <laughs> right. um, I think I think there's a very distinct, important distinction to make there because um, we only get the word theatre from actually the theatre in 1576. So logically speaking, anything you talk right. about before that date, you probably shouldn't call it a theatre, should you? Fair uh, enough, right, playhouse, playhouse, playhouse all good. House for plays. <laughs> yeah. actually, that in itself is quite an interesting terminology because, so the theatre was established as a place for like a single a group of players to go and to work at whereas the playhouse 
was a space or performance space for plays to be put on. And as far as we can tell, not for a particular group of players. It has more in common with um, in-yards playhouses. So you have right, this thing okay. where you have travelling groups of players. They travel mm-hmm. across the land, kind of like the, the rock bands of the day, going on tour and that sort of stuff, yeah? Uh, and which makes this interesting is that it was a, the first time someone went, well, why are we building a performance space? And they can right, then... Right, I see. And this is also the red line itself that we're talking about. It is um, a place that would serve beer as well, isn't it? This is kind of where it gets, it's it's kind of, it's not tenuous, but it's kind of nebulous in that um, the, we know that this this was a farm. Uh, mm-hmm. It's referred to as the from farm. From the historical documents. Out. Yes, from the historical documents. Right. It's referred to as like, um, it, in one to, in one of the, the lawsuits, it's referred to as the, the house, the sign of the red lion. And it's also referred to as being a messiwage, which was, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but that's how you would, that's a term that was used for the administrative centre sometimes of a manorial settlement. Okay. So we're look, what we're looking at is this 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 large farm that a lot of these farms of this sort of size would serve beer and they'd produce more of it than they needed and they'd then sell it off on the side. Um, and yeah, so it's, 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 it's a place that serves beer, but it might necessarily be what we call a formal inn. As right. Such, more of a, a space that... But it's a, a gathering place. Yeah. Is that a fair... Okay. Yeah. It's not quite the same as, like, I don't know, when I was a teenager, we'd go and sit on the record box of cider. It's probably not quite the same. Right. Place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So you've got this, like, almost an inn, a gathering place that probably served beer. And then you've got these historical documents that say that at this place was built a stage, right? A stage, uh, well, it's quite interesting. So it's got, we've got um, dimensions for the stage and also it the, the, the lawsuit mentions the seating around it. So we know that there was a stage constructed. Mm-hmm. We know that it's um, supposed to be 40 foot north south by 30 foot east west, standing to a height of uh, five foot and had a tower on one side. Right, um, blimey. Yeah, I know. It's it considerable construction. It? Yeah. 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 And then you've got obviously all, all the, they, the um, you've got the, the, the seating around it. Now these are actually referred to in the top in the documents as scaffolds. So okay. There's been some conjecture as what does scaffold mean, um, but what's interesting is in the lawsuit, and this is getting to the nitty gritty of the lawsuits a little bit. Uh, in the lawsuits, there's a number of people that are sent out to inspect these, mm-hmm. these scaffolds um, because of the shoddy workmanship. That's shoddy workmanship. Yeah. Yeah. And the number of people that are sent out is somewhat more than you would normally send for a regular inspection of a smaller size structure but this again there's, there's various historical um articles that have looked at this and stuff and so what's interesting is the number of people sent out implies that it's actually a, a large structure like this is a large right. surround so the implication the idea is these scaffolds actually are the seating uh the standing areas so again what form is that is that tiered bench seating or is it like some big platforms people can stand on and look down i mean who can say uh right you know, know from like later on the boar's head which is a slight this is an in uh, an inn that was built um about 20 20 years later they have uh standard standing seating standard lifted areas that you could then look down onto the the stage from uh as opposed okay. to having tiered seating so yeah but again that's that's years later so who knows how yeah. that is which, what date are we talking here, Steve? Let's just remind me, the lawsuits. Uh, so the lawsuits are from uh, 1567. Uh, okay, so this we're thinking that this is built by that time for them to come and inspect it. 
Yeah. So, so I mean, the 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 one of the questions is is how long would this sort of structure take to build? I mean, we know that let's say by the time lawsuits come around in 1567, we know that it's built and it's being inspected, and that the John Brain is suing the he's actually suing the carpenters for shoddy workmanship. Right. Um. Uh. So we know it's built it by is. then. We just don't know yeah. how long it would take to build it. I mean, right. there's lots of speculation about oh, when it would have been built and how long it would take to construct it. But I mean. I, you know, that's the, I, I'm just a carpenter. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> right, indeed. Okay, so we've got this this ephemeral kind of building with a with this playhouse in the yard that people have been searching for for, for a long time. So um, I guess now that kind of brings us quite nicely to to the excavation mm -hmm. um, that you were leading at Whitechapel. Um, so. When was this excavation and how did you know that we might find Red Lion on the site? Well, oh, well, so, well, the, the actual first phases of work happened a bit over five years ago in 2015. Right. So the main excavation continued on from evaluation phase. So in the start of 2018, uh, we came in to do some more trenches. And actually, we're in the northeast corner of site where it transpires, we, we actually think the Red Lion is. Mm -hmm. And um, we pulled a trench and went, oh, look, there's a bunch of floor. Oh, look, there's some walls. Like, right. they look like oh, that looks like the right sort of date of stuff. Hmm. <laughs> and led straight on to a, we started then to, with the consultation of Historic England and uh, so on and so forth, we started to, we ended up having to strip the site. Um, mm -hmm. And I mean, in total, we stripped over 7,000 square metres. Some of that was... Lots of layers of activity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so we were on site for 18 months at that phase. Okay, January right. 2018 to July 2019. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's a big excavation. Yeah. So so when when we were commissioned to excavate the site, I'm guessing there was some sort of like historical survey, and that's where you flagged up that that we could possibly have the red lion on site. Yes. Yeah, so um a consultancy did the uh DBA for the site. DBA uh, is death assessment. assessment. Sorry, yes, uh, they did yeah. assessment for the site, and that's where they started to quantify the historical documents uh, and sort of see what had been said about it. So a lot of times they'll start with secondary sources. So you start with articles that have been written, previous work done mm -hmm, in the area, mm -hmm. blah, blah blah. And then sometimes you might drill down into that and go, well, what do these documents actually say? What about this? What about that? And that's when you start looking at these actual uh, primary sources just to give you like mainly they look at maps. So maps. Can okay, old well. maps. I mean, and so I mean, the old maps of the site, like where we're about to dig, they were the ones that you kind of were like, oh, okay, so there's a building here. Uh, maybe it's the Red Lion. Yeah, I, I think no. So no one really, I don't think anyone really drilled into it too much in terms of are these buildings the Red Lion? Because, right. I mean, so the date of the Red Lion is 1567, as I say. And mm -hmm. the earliest map we had was from 1703. Okay. Uh, so that you've got already about almost 150 years yeah, apart yeah, yeah. the first mapping. Um, annoyingly, actually, there is a map that's about th uh, from the late 1600s, and the bit of the map where our site would be is occupied by a massive key that they're oh, <laughs> that no. that made on the map. So oh. it's like, oh, dang it. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'd identified that there could possibly be buildings that might be the Red Lion on the site. So. Let's let's now talk about what you found. 
Um, and I mean, the main thing that I want to talk about is the timber structure. So I thought, I thought what, what remains of this timber structure? What did you find? So January 2019, we had this large, big, what we thought initially was a massive quarry pit in the centre of site. I'm like, well, this, this thing is huge. I mean, it's <laughs> metres by metres. What the heck is this thing? Uh, and we started to excavate into it and realised that we had timbers. Okay. Uh, now, that caused a slight cessation of works because we had to go, well, they're timbers here. And they appear mm. to be quite well preserved. Uh, the, the issues with timbers is once they've cut, if they've been preserved in the ground, once they get exposed to the air, they don't stay very preserved for very long. Right, yeah. So we then had to sit down with Historic England and the, the science advisor and go through best practice for what do we do with these timbers once we've uncovered them and how much of them will we uncover and blah, blah, blah. So what we end up doing is once we so once we start digging in, it took us weeks to dig into this thing. Uh, so we dug sections through it to make sure we have relationships between all the fills, and then we started to uncover the sort of the, go into towards the timbers, start to uncover them. Uh, and as we go down, we would cut. What we do is every 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 day at the end of the day, we'd spray them down with water, and then we mm -hmm. cover them with plastic. So the the plastic would keep the water in, so it wouldn't evaporate away. Every morning, we'd um, if we had to uncover them to work on them again, we'd spray them down just to make sure. No, you don't want to spray them down too much because you don't want mush. Yeah, but also yeah, yeah. I just missed them. Yeah, exactly. You keep like them an so orchid. Yes, <laughs> very much so. So you, you know, you need to water them, keep them alive, and make sure they just yes. don't die on you, basically. Right. <laughs> um, so that was quite involved. Yeah. Then, so this kind of developed from finding a few planks of wood. Well, yes, yeah, so we found, found the very tops. Well, so we found the very tops of the planks of wood, and we realised actually they were forming this large rectangular shape. And <laughs> at the time, and then we sort of looked at it and went, "Well, that looks roughly about forty foot north south by, I don't Ooh. know, thirty foot east west." Now, I'm sure I've read those dimensions yeah. somewhere before. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> um, but I mean, the thing with it was at the time was that you, you know you don't want to start thinking, "Oh, I've got this thing." Yeah, exactly. My, one of the things you find is if, if that's if you if you start digging think something thinking this is what you've got, yes. that's what you end up finding invariably. Right, exactly. So, yeah. yeah so you have to throttle back a little bit and go, well, we have to explore all the options. We have to you know investigate it as rigorously as investigate everything else. Despite the fact like all these signposts pointing us in one direction, we yeah. don't want ourselves to get drawn into that yeah. unless we say with some degree of confidence we think this is what we've actually got. Exactly. Let so, the evidence always, lead us. Exactly. So step take a step back. And so if it was any timber structure, if it was anything like this, how would you record it? So mm. dig it down, stratigraphically, you remove your, move your fills, you uh, do sections all the way through. And then what you start doing is you start doing elevation. So this thing, I mean, I said it was, you know, 30 by 40 foot. Um, depth wise, it was almost six foot, which so, I mean, if you've worked in any, if anyone's worked in any stepped elevator, you know, a lot of deep trenches, you know, for degrees, for degrees of health and safety, you can't have a six foot sheer face. You know, you nice. have to step these things in. So it's a case of working out how do we access this? How do, how do we capture all the information we need, but still mm. safely? Um, because there's nothing more important than the safety and well-being of your team of on course. site. Um, so that's some interesting. So we wouldn't, for example, we wouldn't, excavate the entire elevation of a tim of the structure in one go what we do is we'd uncover a certain amount of it mm -hmm. once we've got a certain amount of it uncovered we also we photogrammed it um there's a lovely yeah. model. you can see on our sketch yes. page um and we then elevation we do like the top bits of it we make sure we had certain like pins stuck in 
at certain points we knew where we got onto. And mm-hmm. then what we do is as we went down further, we would then record those bits of the elevation. And then as okay. we start, one of the things we realised quite early on, historic England realised quite early on, was it was we didn't think we possibly preserve this structure because it yes. was just too degraded. Um, we think in terms of the reason it was so degraded was that at one point the water table was slightly higher, but all the 20th century activity had massively truncated in large portions of the site and it had drained away a lot of these reservoirs. Oh, of the, and uh, the, the waterlogged was what was keeping it well preserved. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we'd estimate that if we'd gone there, say, in 20 years' time, we probably wouldn't have had those timbers surviving oh. because they would have been fully degraded by that point. So, uh, yeah, so what we'd do is as we went down, we'd... El- we'd We'd, re- we'd remove the timber structure, we'd remove the plates of it, move the planks, remove the beams. And as we went down, we'd uncover more of it. And then we'd add to our previous drawings and elevation so we could capture it fully, photograph right. it fully. So we, you know, create the full stratigraphic model of this entity, which we could then look at in record and try and determine what we thought it was. Um, okay. So we've got this rectangular timber structure that yeah. we found. So kind of what element, if say that it is a stage for argument's sake, what what have you got of that stage? You see what, what I mean? Yeah. So what I think what we've got is we've got the outer bits of the stage. We haven't got the top of the stage. I mean that would have mm-hmm. been handy. Stage and trapdoor have been quite good. That'd but, been great. But what we've got, I think we've got the under. If, if we we've got the understage area potentially. Okay. Uh, Dug down into the ground. Yes, but I mean also there is a so what we also kind of need to get into a little bit is that. Yeah, a structure like this doesn't say static. So it was built as, if it was built as the playhouse, um, I'm not convinced that it stayed as a playhouse for very long. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think uh, what happens is it gets reused, uh, and, right. but it stays in use. I mean, the actual structure looks. I mean, it's the the upper backfields is not fully backfilled until the early 1700s. So okay. you're looking at a lifespan of from 1567 to like 1704 or whatever it might be. Okay. Um, yeah. So you've got it open and in use. It's and being in, repaired as well. Yeah, being repaired, being re- so we've got the initial uh, initial dating of it. We think is, is you know late 16 mid to late 16th century date. We've then got. Uh, repairs that are ongoing and then it looks like you get a cessation of use in the mid 1600s uh, now there's a particular event in the mid 1600s that might well explain this which is that a lot of playhouses and baiting pits were shut down in the mid 1600s because of the civil war right and then in the later 1600s they will come back into use again which will correspond with the restoration with, yeah and that would correspond with the fact that we've got uh, we took dendro dates, dendrochronological, dendrochronological sampling. Sorry, across the entire, across large portions of the timber structure. Mm, this is and tree ring dating. Tree right? ring dating, yes. Yeah. Magic, magic tree rings. And <laughs> um, the tree ring dating, unfortunately, the samples we took for the vast majority of the structure, the slightly older components of the structure, um, they weren't viable. They didn't have enough right. rings. They were too soft. I mean, they're kind of like mulch. I mean, the fact they were ha- they, they were standing and holding themselves upright in itself was no small amount of a miracle um mm-hmm. but we had two outer wings of it that looked to be later and those gave us some good dendro dates and they gave us a full date of these outer repair wings of 60 of the winter of 1678 1679 um okay so a hun- about 100 years after we think that the playhouse was built it's still in use and still being rebuilt yeah so this is what i'm trying to get into is that 
we don't actually have a date for the original building of this structure. No, we, what we do have though is we have alignments of post holes around the outside of it and those thankfully did give us a bit better dating. I think they're the alignments of the, the scaffold we mentioned earlier or the seating. Right, okay, so we've got evidence for not only the stage but also the, the seating yeah, so around the outside. So we do have earlier dating of of the associated post holes. Yeah, we've, got, we've got date ranges that go into the mid-16th century. So, and those are from the from the artifact assemblages. Yeah, from so, the, right. Generally from the pottery. Uh, okay. Yeah, mostly for the pottery assemblage. Cool. Okay. So, so it's looking more and more likely, like it kind of is of the right date. This this structure. Yeah. So we've we've got this rectangular structure, and then we haven't really spoken very much about the other component of this kind of site, the actual red lion in yeah. itself. I'm I'm doing yeah. air quotes. So. <laughs> I can see. <laughs> you can see them, but. Podcast <laughs> listeners cannot. <laughs> quote off, um, quote off. There we go. <laughs> quote. So yeah, tell us what evidence there is for, for the red line itself. Like, did you find the sign, Steve? Did you find? Did I find the part of things that this is here? The of the red line. Red <laughs> yes. Add it would have made life so much easier. Um, <laughs> no. So uh, what we've got is in the northeast part of site, we have a compound. It's the compound I talked about earlier. I talked about the farm. Mm-hmm. So let's go back in time a little bit. Uh, and we have what looks to be a large medieval stone building that is robbed out and removed. That ground, that is then, there's levelling activity in the 15th century. And then the 16th century, we have construction. We have uh, post holes. We have uh, beam slots. We have a cellar. We, all this sort of stuff. Um, so we actually have masonry remains and cut feature remains that indicate a complex of some sort in the 16th century. Okay. That's the, the physical archaeological remains. Um, material culture-wise, we start seeing lots of um, drinking vessels, we uh-huh. have bottles, tankards, that sort of thing. Um, not metal tankards, I should say. Um, pottery tankards. Right. Um, and we start getting lots of Lots and lots and lots and lots of clay tobacco pipes. Like, right. Steve, how many of them? I think it's something like 270 kilograms of, of <laughs> you know, it's a lot. It's an awful Yeah. Lot. This uh, is kind of a, a recreational assemblage. Is that a fair? Yeah. It's it's a leisure or recreational assemblage. Uh, right. Okay. So it, it looks like you've got, as we said about this, this whole, uh, the farm that served beer. The, uh, the, the, so that that activity that corresponds to like the 16th century activity, that is more, it's there, but it's not so prevalent. You can see the the, the material culture that indicates uh, leisure activity, but it's not the sort of predominant focus. But when we move into the 1600s, um, you start seeing, lot, I mean, the animal bone assemblage, as I believe you know. Is in, yes, uh, very in familiar. Really interesting stuff. Um, you've got lots more drinking vessels you start getting lots more tankers we've got intact these great ones like medallion charles ii medallions are all this yes yeah really, really cool interesting finds that just scream there's a pub here mm. <laughs> basically or yeah some description um and we'll and that is where it gets interesting because as this accelerates that's when you start seeing the rebuild and the reuse of this this this, this the, the, the timber structure and you start seeing mm-hmm. this which one is feeding which and it's yeah. like they build the playhouse before it's a formal pub formal inn and then 
over the course of maybe it being re-established as a potentially a baiting pit, you see them maybe, yeah. normalizing their in or whatever it might be. Um, right. And you see again this sort of this this growth in material culture, and you start to get this picture of well, you know, chicken or the egg, which came first, not sure, but it ends up being a full blown in, and this continues through the 1600s and through the 1700s as well. Um, okay, that sounds really cool. So you've got this kind of initial, possibly the playhouse is built on the site. And then maybe from that, the site gets more traffic and yeah. is reused and maybe yeah. becomes this pub because of the yeah. unusual backyard structure. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I mean, I've not, yeah, it's, 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 I guess it's like, having a, it's like having a gigging space now. It's like, you know, yeah. you get pubs where you have like, you know, you have performance spaces and, you know, whether it be a comedy night or uh, someone putting on a pub gig, it's like, mm. oh, it's, uh, you know, we'll get some more people in for this, get the pubs yeah. in. So, so all the evidence seems to point at this, but we're we're being quite quite careful, aren't we? I mean, all of us working on yeah. the project, yeah, still we, we, kind of. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, it's like it's like how 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 far can how far do we go with this? I mean, mm. what's I think the most interesting thing is the amount of evidence that's indicating this. So it's not like there's one overwhelming piece mm. when you combine the material culture with the stratigraphy, the archaeology, with the historic documents, yes, with the mapping, and start bringing this all together, you start coming to the fact that there's actually this looks very good, very close to being. Yeah. I mean, can we say for absolute certainty? No. But can right. we say that with a high degree of probability? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So what, what's been done? Like, what phase of analysis are we at now? Like, obviously, I know because because <laughs> <laughs> I do we, as well. But go we on, are, Steve, tell we us. Are, what... We are coming towards <laughs> the conclusion of the post-excavation assessment and update. Right. Design. Which is like phase one, really. Oh. So we're talking about this a little bit prematurely, but like we wanted to kind of get this out here and tell people what we found. Well, we, but we still work to do. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's a lot of work to do, but I mean, part of the reason for getting this out here now is that um, there are lots of people who are experts in Elizabethan theatre and that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it would be good to get eyes on this to go, well, this is what we think we've got. And that can help inform stuff as we go forward with our publication. So at the moment, yeah. we are very much at the end, towards the end of the first phase of, of post-excavation, where uh, I will be finishing compiling the PXA post-excavation assessment uh, by the end of this week. Um, right, and that, that includes like all the evidence from the archaeology, all the yeah. finds assemblages, like yeah. includes my lovely extensive animal bone report. Sorry, seventy paragraphs. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's not so sorry. It's like nice. It's fine. Wow. Um, I mean, it was long. <laughs> it was good though. I mean, there, 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 there was no, there was no wasted words in there. Um, <laughs> it was I a mean, big assemblage, the, everybody. <laughs> 91,219 words that it currently stands are wasted, I feel. I mean, they're, they're all good. There's, 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 there's no fat in there at all. Um, no. <laughs> this was a big site. It requires a big write-up. Yeah. And, and is, uh, it requires a lot more work. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we are... So we've, we, what this is, is essentially, this is a precy of analysing what information do we have and what do we think it can tell us. We're not saying for right. definite what it can tell us yet. This is the what do we how do what this is quantifying what we've got and looking at where it can take us so 
we're summarising the results of the archaeology, summarising the results of the the, the fines and specialist reports, the fires, the the, the the assessment of the the environmental and the timber. We then look at the potential and significance of what we have. Um, okay. And then we take from that to go, what, what form of publication will this take so we can actually explore the information we've got? And, you know, for example, this might well be a couple of articles in a monograph. Um, okay, in, be, in academic journals and things like that. Yeah. Book, so it'll be, basically. It'll be, yes, yes. So basically mm -hmm. it'll be an article or two. So what we'll do is we'll hive out the stuff that requires maybe a more specialist look. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, for example, I haven't even talked about the prehistoric settlement we had in the site, which itself no. is an amazing thing. Um, <laughs> yes, it's very rare, very exciting. <laughs> that part of London, absolutely. Um, we're looking at now maybe redefining how we look at um, settlement in the prehistoric period, but that doesn't really fit with our overall discussion about this mineral settlement that turns into a, a the, the, the inn, the bread line, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, so what we're doing is looking at potentially hiving out the, 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 the prehistoric stuff into its own article. Yeah, stands on its own with you know, with some referencing back to the main report, and obviously in the in the PXA, sorry, in the PXA in the publication, you you'll make a small mention of it, but you won't dwell on it. That's what the article is for, and the the, the focus of the 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 publication of the of the the monograph, the archaeological book, uh, mm -hmm. will probably be medieval and post medieval. Right. Okay. So the stage we're at right now is like, what does the archaeology already tell us? Yeah. What could the archaeology tell us? And after we find that out, how can we tell other people what yeah. the archaeology has what told us? What is the us? Best, best method for doing it? Yeah, I think that kind of rounds us off quite nicely about talking about the possible mm. Red Lion Playhouse. But uh, yeah, make sure you stay tuned as we continue our analysis of this really interesting site. Thanks very much, Steve, for coming to talk to me today. My pleasure. Cheers very much. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed that episode of Archaeology Southeast Digs Deeper. You can find more information about the episode in the show notes or on our website at ucl.ac.uk forward slash archaeology dash south dash east forward slash podcast. For more archaeology content, follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at ArcSouthEast and Facebook and Instagram at Archaeology Southeast. Thanks for listening.